Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today we're going to talk about making your own prepping network, prepping community, stuff like that. People you can count on, people you can trust, how to, you know, what you really need, why it's beneficial and, you know, why it's better to plan now and, you know, think ahead. Kevin, uh, how do you want to start here? Well, I think uh, you've got a lot to talk about, a lot to go through. All Um, right. We want to talk about uh, some other people that have, have... Organized communities, right? Yep. And, um, you know, maybe uh, uh, how to start organizing your own, um, how to keep in touch with people that uh, that you want to be in touch with, and how to exclude people you want to keep out. All right, I like that. You know, there's always the crazy, and uh, you don't really want people crazy in uh, your community. No, they can Sucks in a stressful uh, situation. It's nice to have the guy crazy enough to go kill everybody. But maybe not kill everybody in your group, yeah, or maybe not get your quick. group killed. Yeah, I've I've known a couple of those people. If yeah, they, if they don't have a direction to be pointed, they just they just uh, are a detriment to everything. Yeah, one of the things I actually heard, um, I was actually listening to another podcast, and uh, they were interviewing some uh, soldier guy, and and it was actually uh, I, I think that the podcast was Power Players. Mm-hmm. 
and it's about people who are successful CEOs and things like that. And uh-huh. Ended up having a uh, soldier guy wrote a book and he was talking and he said, well, one of the things that the military taught him, he goes, when you have your unit of guys, you're stuck with who you get. Like right. you can't say, you know what, that guy's a crappy employee and I got to fire him and whatever and move on. You can do that in the real world, right. you know, but in the military... You're stuck with that guy, so you have to find a way to control him. You have to find a way to make him work for you. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. When you have a close-knit group like that, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice to be able to work together and, and basically find, you know, hopefully you have the management skills to, or somebody in your group does to kind of bring out the best in people and kind of contain them. And, you know, it's funny. I had a guy worked for me back back in the day and uh we used to call him hot rod and uh because man this guy he would just mess things up and you know i just he was just horrible and as far as a, a technician and we'd have problem after problem and he just would always seem to make the wrong choice mm-hmm. and finally it got so bad that the captain on my ship was like look you gotta take this guy under your wing and find a way to, uh, you know, do something. He goes, you know what? I don't even want him near any of the equipment on my ship unless you're standing next to him. Mm-hmm. Now, it kind of sucked because that meant I had to be there all the time and wasted my time and whatever. But I took this guy and it was nothing related to technical knowledge that I gave him. It was all kind of work ethic and, and how to approach things and talking to him. I mean, nothing related to technical stuff at all. It was really just spend every minute with me. And you know what? If you're going to be here, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. But he went from somebody who damaged and destroyed so much equipment to being one of my best guys. And he was just excellent where he just kind of, you know what? I really feel it was his self-esteem and... You know, just building that up and giving them the confidence. Right. I don't know how it changes, you know, how they work and whatever. But, man, this guy was a totally different person and really became, like, a go-to guy. And then it's it's sad. I heard, uh, like, a year or two later, I talked to some other guys who were still working in the same shop. And I was like, oh, how is he doing? You know, how is he working out? And they were like, oh, as soon as you left, he's the same, you know, fuck up he was before. And it's like, uh, you know, it just sucks. But my point is, if you're going to work in a community and and you're going to work together, one, you want to pick the right people. Mm -hmm. But when you do, you still have to learn how to make everybody's personality kind of match and mesh and work together. And, you know, having hotheads and stuff, it's just not going to. Yeah. You know, not going to help things out. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, there's the, there's a basic idea that there's three types of people in the military when it comes to um, uh, what you want in your group. You know, you've got the the first class, the first group, which is very uh, organized, hard working, by the book type of person. Right. But when it comes to combat, they're not somebody that's that's you know ready to jump at somebody with a knife. You know, and then there's the person that that generally speaking is disruptive, aggressive, you know, not not good in peacetime, but when it comes down to, you know, 
the nitty gritty man. They're to stabbing they're, people yeah, in the neck. People in the neck. That's the one you want. You want. And then there's the third, which is about two percent of the people which have both qualities. Oh. You know, and there very there aren't very many of those people. They're the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Now, the next thing. I kind of, you know, what type of people would you want in your group? Um, I don't know. Uh, what kind of people would you think? I mean, if you go out there and, and you're setting up. Now, well, you know what? Maybe even before we get into that, <clears throat> where would you draw your group from? Like, would you, I mean, I think a group could even be as small as maybe you and like your maybe extended family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was thinking, you know, when, when we were thinking about how to lay this out, you know, there's like that show with the Browns up in Alaska on right. on uh, Discovery Channel or whatever. And, you know, they have a whole prepper community in their family. You know, they're right. like eight or ten people or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And they have a whole network of, you know, everything and somebody for kind of each task. And that works. Mm-hmm. And maybe if your family's like that, that works for you guys. Or maybe it's as simple as, you know, your immediate family and maybe you have your brother or, you know, your in-laws or whatever, somebody around you that maybe that group of three or four, you know, families are enough. Right. Maybe it's you and your best friend, you know, and your two families, maybe together you have the skills and resources, but maybe you don't know anybody mm-hmm. and maybe you have to put something together, come up with a plan um, you know, come up with a way to make it work. Where would you uh, look in your uh, local community? How would you kind of try yeah. and reach out to people? Yeah, I mean that's that's something everybody has to ask themselves. Based basically, uh, you know, based on their their uh, morals and their their belief system, you you, you kind of want people that that mesh with you ethically. Um, right. You know, to be in your group, maybe uh, your church. Maybe, sure, sounds um, like a logical place uh, to start if that's where you spend your time. Right, maybe your your neighborhood. You know, I, I know I've got a, a, quite a few neighbors around here that are somewhat self sufficient guys, right. and uh, you know, interesting characters that that have a lot of uh, talents that that can be you know yeah. used and, and traded. I, I definitely uh, trading with uh, with my neighbors work wise. You know, they give me a hand with some things, and I right. give them a hand with stuff. Yeah, I mean that's definitely you know it's nice when it's when you're drawing from your own neighborhood. You guys are close by. It's kind of cool if you can secure your street or right. you know that kind of thing and kind of pull people together that way. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's you know got the neighbors that are uh, nice and uh, you know maybe it's not. Yeah, not the that, plan maybe for you. The enemy, you know, you don't know what you're going to be dealing with. But um, now well, you what do you think? Keep uh, got any ideas on that? Well, so I, I like the church idea. I like that. You know, they have uh, maybe maybe it's the political uh, meetings you go to. Maybe you're, you know, one of these guys go to the tea party rallies, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you want to kind of get to know people. I think you want to draw from people you deal with right. in life. Um, you know, you can definitely go on the Internet and, you know, I see all these forums and different things. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to those groups and seeing what's out there. But, you know, these people can be anybody. And I know we're talking, uh, you know, there was that movie uh, Ruby Ridge. Right. And, you know, there's also, you know, crazies uh, looking, uh, you know, looking for the militia types and whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, militias have their place. And, you know, I I think we can talk about that and, 
maybe good, bad, crazy, I don't know, we'll get into that. But right now I'm talking about more of a uh, kind of community of people to work together more, keep your families organized and, uh, you know, and protected. But just the same, we're not going out and looking to do something, we're just looking to protect our own. Right. I think that's where we're coming from, you know, in our everyday lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that's why we prepare is to be able to take care of each other, take care of, you know, your family and, and basically the people you care about. Right. I think when you go into those big groups, you know, you have these, you know, Ruby Ridge, they had, you know, government guys in there looking to set people up. Right. and Infiltrating and... And, uh... and yeah, and you just end up with some real crazies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just watching a show, I, I think it's called Legend or something on Netflix and maybe it was on Amazon, I don't even know. But, uh, and it was about an undercover, you know, FBI guy and sure enough, he's with the prepper community and of course... If you're going to put a uh, prepper community on TV, you know they all got to be crazy nut jobs, and that only makes sense. But, uh, you know, it, it's always that. So my point is be careful where you draw from. I think it's better look to the closer. Maybe it's your gun club. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know people there. And maybe you should get out more if you don't, you know, have people like this. Maybe it's, you know, your NRA meetings. Maybe you go to... Uh, you know, I know they have actually these prepper uh, conferences kind of thing. Again, you might meet crazy people, mm-hmm. but just the same, maybe uh, people you work with. Right. You know, who's into the same type of stuff? Right. Maybe people you meet at the gun store. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've, I, I hang out at the gun store every now and again, you know. They all know me when I walk in. Um, it, it's funny, I, uh, I go to the gun store and... Uh, you know who's always there is um, James Earl Jones goes to the same gun store. And yeah. what are the odds that this guy? I think I've been there maybe thirty times in the last year, and I would say five of those thirty times he's freaking in there <laughs> by <laughs> And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> teach his own, right? Right. And uh, that's pretty cool. I'm always like the shy, weird guy. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna say anything. I'm that's James Earl Jones over there, you know. But uh, that, that, you know, what are you gonna do? So anyway, so now we have somewhere to draw from. Right. We, uh, you know, we talked about why a little bit, and now what type of people would you want? What type of skills do you think you need in a community? Like, why would we even want a community unless you know? Right. I mean, unless, it's unless you're drawing something new and fresh to the uh, to the group. Or right. Because more uh, mouths to feed right. isn't always helpful. That's right. That's right. I mean, you definitely want somebody that um, you know that knows their way around a, a firearm. Okay. Um, you know, somebody that knows how to track and hunt. Yeah. That's a, a benefit. Yeah, you want right. somebody so somebody that, maybe bushcraft. Yeah, there you go. Tracker yeah. hunter. All right, I like that guy. You want somebody that's uh, you know that's good at, at building, has a little bit of experience. Uh, carpenter, carpenter sounds right. Like that. Carpenter maybe carpenter slash handyman. Maybe that's two different right. people. Mm-hmm. You know, you get that kind of auto mechanic and carpenter, two different guys. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe maybe you know having having three carpenters and and uh, isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. It's, you know, you don't have to limit yourself if if you find good people. Right. And you know, and and don't get me wrong. I mean, it doesn't mean the same person can't wear three hats you know right the guy who's your medic might be your blacksmith too or right you know whatever it you know same thing your hunter might be your medic your uh-huh. you know whatever so yeah don't think i'm trying to limit this to that's, you know yeah, oh that's, that's your job right. yep. um definitely and also people having 
overlapping skills. That's you know, definitely a benefit, you know. I mean, you can, things you can happen. learn from each other and yeah, exactly. So, all right, so we have carpenter, we have medic, I just said um would be, you know, definitely mm-hmm. beneficial. Yeah, somebody uh, somebody that maybe is a hunter trapper, that kind yeah. of thing. Uh-huh. Um farmer is is a big one. Yeah. Um somebody who really knows how to grow. Mm-hmm. Somebody and, you know, that may be somebody's wife, it may be you, it may be, you know, whatever. But it's somebody who really has been planting, kind of knows your area, has seeds, has been, you know, growing stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, knows what's works. Because I don't know if you guys have tried to grow gardens. I'd assume, you know, you're listening to this podcast. Yeah. A lot of you probably have gardens or know people who do, you know, where you're dealing with it all the time. But usually the first year when you jump into it is not the most successful and it doesn't always go the way you want and you learn tricks. Right. You know, and maybe the trick you learn is how to build a better fence to keep the rabbits out. Right. Or, oh, all the birds came in and ate all my strawberries. Right. You know, these are the things. It takes a couple of years to build up, you know, that knowledge of what do I need to watch out for? What's going to be a problem? You know, I think I was five years in having the garden before a woodchuck started freaking plaguing me with everything. <laughs> And pain in my ass, you know, and your simple fence might not keep the woodchuck out when he's burrowing freaking three feet down or whatever. And I tell you what, I I work with a, uh, with a guy that's, uh, he's an older guy, about mid sixties. Yeah. And, uh, you know, old Jamaican guy. And, uh, he grows his gardens right there on the, uh, on the property where we work. No, he's Jamaican. So I'm a little concerned about what, what he might be growing. Well, well, we're not, we won't get into that, but uh, he does definitely grow some vegetables. Oh, there are and, vegetables, uh, too. And the uh, these woodchucks, man, they're always yes. actors. And I tell you what, this guy should have played Major League Baseball. He, he'll pick up a rock, and he'll hit these things from 50 feet really? away. Really? I can't hit him with the gun, Dead. and he's freaking... <laughs> wow. And I've seen him get three or four of them. And he's just... He's just... um, He's brutal. He does not care at all. He, one year, he... um. He saw the woodchuck, chased it, went into its hole, and he poured gasoline in it and nice. stood there with a stick and lit it on fire. And when it tried to come out, he chased it back <laughs> in with the stick. He's just, uh, I mean, I no. don't think I have the heart for that sort of thing. But, no. But he, uh, he's, he's a, a professional when it comes to, to right. killing woodchucks. All right. I like yeah, I like that he's a go-to, uh, you know. <laughs> Maybe somebody, I've heard this guy has a lot of skills. He's uh, come up in several conversations, yeah. so uh, I like it. Um, so again, somebody like that. Uh, what else? What else would you have um, in the group? So we had uh, a farmer, a uh, carpenter, somebody who's the handyman overall, maybe slash mechanic. Right. Um, it, somebody with the firearms, maybe right. a uh, you know armory type guy. Right, right. And again... And it's good to have a, um, a designated uh, um, leader when you come to groups like this. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to be the, uh, the alpha male of, of uh, every no. organization. Because if you have too many chiefs, yes. uh, you know, then you end up, you end up butting heads and, and not getting anything done at all. Now, I do like the idea of having kind of a uh, tactical leader. Right. As well as maybe a leader of the overall group. And that may be the same guy. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same person. But You might have a general, but still, honestly, when you do have a guy in charge, he really should be the final say on all mm-hmm. kind of things. But that doesn't mean he has to be all-knowing on, 
you know, he might defer to the carpenter on, hey, you know, we should build this here and do this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, your gardener might say, hey, let's put the garden here because this makes sense. A good leader always has a, you know, has a cabinet, draws from from everybody's information, makes decisions. You don't you don't just arbitrarily want to be uh, setting setting rules and and making bad decisions, not listening to anybody around you. No, I like that a lot. Um, and that's, you know, that that's uh, where I wanted to go with that. I wanted to, you know, what type of people. I like that. We've I think we've covered that pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how we find this community, why. Now, how do you see, would you, how do you get together with this community? Now, are you training? Are you doing anything? Are you meeting uh, regularly, monthly, quarterly, annually? What, what do you think? What, what sounds right to you? Obviously, it's different for everybody. Everybody's got busy right. schedules, and and how you know you have to think about how you how involved you want to be, um, you know, with the whole situation. Are you concerned about the government collapsing next week? You know, are you concerned about a long term plan for something that might happen in another ten fifteen years? Right. Um, I mean, we obviously being prepared means being prepared for either one. But um, right. you know you have to have a, a, a basic basic game plan. How how invested are you in the prepper lifestyle? Right, and that's like I mean I know one just interacting with each other mm-hmm. is nice. Um, you know, are you doing barbecues and different things like that? Right. I think just the closeness, kind of learning about each other, get your kids around each other. You know, get people familiar with each other's families and whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a tough, tense situation a lot easier to cope with. Right. Um, I, I think that's, you know, a, a good trait. Um, but, you know, also when it comes to the tactical, I'd like to see some kind of training. You know, I think definitely everybody in your group, I mean, yeah, you might exclude the younger children, whatever, but everybody needs to learn how to shoot firearms. Right. And fairly proficient. You know, I mean, now is the time to learn that skill. Everybody, I mean, honestly, 14 and up should know how to shoot a gun and Mm -hmm. be able to handle themselves. Right. Um, You know, whatever. You can decide what that age is for your, you know, group, your family, whatever. But, you know... Bottom line, people need to learn how to take care of themselves no matter what. Mm-hmm. Working together as a group, kind of getting familiar with like the commands or or what, you know, the tactical leader might say, you know, everybody playing paintball or I've seen some yeah. more, uh, you know, impressive uh-huh. airsoft stuff, you know, whatever. Playing a couple, couple tactical scenarios, mm-hmm. not a bad idea. Right. Um, and, you know. That would be cool if you could get together once a month and do something. Now, it doesn't have to be tactical. It might be somebody do a uh, presentation on, you know, medical training right. for everybody. That simple first wants aid whatever. group um, uh, cooking. You know, cooking when the season fire. comes up, you know, it's spring now and people are like, hey, I'm thinking about the garden, whatever. What if your gardener came and said, hey, this is what everybody might want to think about doing. Right. This is what grows in our area. This is what's awesome and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Maybe you guys share seeds or who knows what you do, you know. There's all kinds of ways to work together, you know. Maybe somebody teaches a class on canning and preserving food. Right. Different things like that. Yeah, and you know what? Even, you, even if you're not meeting up with this group, you know, when it hits the fan, 
you can at least learn off of learn each skills, skills and prepare together. Right. And and that's a nice benefit. And you know, I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, I I love the idea of being able to you know head out and go to a uh, you know a, a camp. Say say everybody gets together and each family cuts in maybe ten grand, and you buy twenty acres out in the middle of you know three hours from here or two hours or an hour or whatever. That's a nice idea. We'd all like to bug out of the, you know, city and, and go ahead somewhere. How cool is it if we have a nice little cabin and compound set up right. for everybody? But is it practical and realistic that we're all going to be able to get out there and, and, and do yeah, our thing? I mean, yeah. I love that idea. I'd love to put that together. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when we were doing some research on this, we saw some other people have similar ideas i've read books a couple novels that you know cover that same idea right. you know but is it practical do we have time do you have people that you really everybody's going to trust and put mm-hmm. 10 grand into now in theory people do because there's gun clubs and all this other stuff people got together with money and and put things together it's not that far-fetched and honestly if you guys could all share a nice getaway retreat wouldn't couldn't you find 10 people that want to kick in 10 grand? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe that's something to look into. Right, right. But and just it, the know, same. Who, who doesn't who doesn't like a place to... Uh, right, you know, for your family for, vacation and... Weekend, right, whatever. Go up there and do a little bit of work. Teach you know? them fishing, teach mm-hmm. them hunting, teach them whatever, trapping, whatever it is. Just might be cool, something like that. That's maybe something you guys want to look into. Maybe it's something you've already done. Maybe you want to tell us about it. Mm-hmm. Um but just the same, you know, you yeah, need to be right. able to kind of work together. And if you could all train in the same kind of area that you want to, you know, work in, maybe somebody has the house with the big farm. Maybe somebody has a big farm you could all meet at. Maybe it's that simple, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe you're all a community. Well, how would you kind of close it off? How would you secure your neighborhood? Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, I think I'd mentioned it in another episode when I talked about my home kind of armory. Do you have enough guns for everybody? Does everybody in the community have their own gun? Do they have their own supplies? Do they, are they storing food? You know, yeah. I mean, are, what if what if you've got all the prepper food? You know, you're you're good for a year, but all your buddies are, oh, well, I'll go yeah. to Johnny's and eat all his food. Yeah, he's got food up there. You know, I mean, but... These are the things you need to talk about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe if you're all meeting up at your house because you have the the barn or, you know, maybe you have whatever, you know, the resources to whatever. Maybe people are stockpiling food and ammo at your house. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's the plan. But these are the things you need to decide as a group. You know, you need to get together and you plan. And how cool are you when you plan it beforehand? Right. And you know what another benefit is? You can save on redundancy. Um, you know, everybody doesn't need the same, you know, everybody doesn't have to buy a tractor. Right. If everybody doesn't have to buy solar panels or a generator or whatever, if you're all planning on meeting up at one house, you can put your resources together and that's where, you know, the the bug out location kind of sounded good or you know, but even the same thing. Like I said, maybe one guy's got five acres. Maybe that's a lot in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, or your area. Maybe, you know, maybe 50 acres because that's a lot in your neighborhood. Something, you know. But again, if, if the land's too big for you to control and maintain, 
doesn't do you any good to have more land. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, you have 500 acres. But you know what? People could be living on the back 400. Right. And I might have no idea, you know. So that, that didn't really help me. Right. But the idea is if you pool your resources together, you might be able to go further. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, that's even part of life, though. You know, I mean, if you put your collective mind and effort into anything, if you're working as a group, it's a lot easier to get there. You know, they say like the exponential power of, you know, people thinking and working towards a goal is, you know, greatly improved. But, you know, I don't know. So we get our group, we get them all together, start training together, tactical, Mm -hmm. medical, the whole type of thing, the gardening. I think this could be such a benefit. I think everybody really needs to look in their life. I know it's so easy to just kind of stay at home, be the hermit, not go anywhere, or just, you know, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to drink beer. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe if you're drinking beer with the right people, that that's a better step. That's true. That's you know, true. And, baby and, steps. And, you know, everybody thinks to, you know, there's that, that idea of rugged individualism. Yes. In America. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, it's it takes sometimes it takes a community to uh, draw you know draw more talents uh, yeah. in, into your life. You know, even you know even if it's just uh, as much as the as training, yeah, the training and uh, you know learning from from one another. You know, maybe those people won't be available to you when uh, right. when the time comes, but you'll still have had the chance to to learn, learn some skills. And- yeah. You know, and I, I understand time is valuable to everybody. And we all, you know, are desperate for our family time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody's, you know, mom and dad are both working all the time. And, right. you know, oh, I never see my kids and whatever. But, you know, if you're going to choose to be a prepper and be part of, uh, yeah. well, you know, you don't spend, this lifestyle. Spend the time with your kids watching TV. Spend the time with your kids out there teaching. Yeah. Yeah, spend the time, uh, shooting, <clears throat> you know, even shooting BB guns with your kids and Shooting and BB guns at your and, kids, whatever yeah, it takes. Either one, either one. You know, all right. Maybe that's not the best I idea. Know, I know sometimes that with with my son, he's he's a a, a younger lad, big all enough right. to uh, big enough to be my height, but he's he's still a uh, still a young boy. All right. I've uh, been practicing with him. I give him a a magic marker. All right. And I put on a white shirt and have him try and get me like it's a knife. Ah, see. You know? Just just doing some practice like that. You know, it goes a long way. It goes a long way. All those little things, uh, you know, if you put a knife in the hand of a of an average 13-year-old, they won't know what to do with it, you know? But if you spent 20 minutes, you know, once a, once a month practicing a little bit, he might get a little bit dangerous when the time comes. He might be a little bit dangerous. I don't know. Your kid's pretty dangerous anyway. I don't know. He's a, he's a rowdy boy. He is a rowdy boy. He scares me. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know. I seem to recall driving down the road and him reaching up and trying to yank my hair out of my head while I'm driving. He's a bit of a hellion. I put him in uh, boxing and wrestling. He yeah. Used to get, he used to get picked on. Not uh, so much. Bigger kids. It doesn't happen anymore. No, huh? No. Yeah, and actually boxing is uh, great for uh, teaching the uh, young kids to really protect themselves. It's funny, uh, my, my kid... Uh, He's older now, I think he's 21, but uh, when he was 16, maybe, uh, probably about 14, put him in the boxing, and uh, about two years, two years into it, we're sparring, and uh, 
this kid just blasts me right in the face a couple times. And I got to tell you, it's not something you want any part of. Uh-huh. And you're just like, holy crap, you know? And it's just amazing. Uh, boxing, and I'll tell you, you can't get in on them. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who spends six months learning boxing mm-hmm. is 10 times ahead of, you know, anybody right. in your average street brawler. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, somebody who knows how to protect themselves with their arms, right? you can't get in on them. Yeah. You know, you just try and try. And I'm like, oh, there's just no opening. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't. And I mean, at six months in, you know, it didn't right. take a lifetime. Now, at six months in, can somebody who's been boxing for two years get in and blast them? Of course. Because mm-hmm. they know to look for the openings. But uh, yeah, but, but how a little often bit do you run into puts somebody you, that's been boxing for years? Puts you ahead, and uh, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Anyway, I know we're a little off topic on that one, but mm-hmm. the point is preparing, hence the prepping badass. Uh, that's us. So preparing, planning ahead. These are the kinds of things, maybe as a community, just something to look into. Mm-hmm. Now, there are a couple neat like fantasy ideas that we were looking at. Um, one of them's called the Citadel. The Citadel. Yeah, I've all heard right? about that. Now, it, it doesn't appear it ever uh, panned out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of go on their website. They're like, oh, if you want to know anything, send us 208 bucks, and we'll uh, talk to you. That's as far as I can tell. And Without as far as I can tell, it looked bucks. like the uh, the last time the website was updated was like 2014. Uh-huh. So I'm a little concerned where my 208 bucks will go. But just the same, I am a little curious. Mm-hmm. And it might be worth 208 bucks just to find out where it goes. Uh-huh. But uh, the sad part is when I send them the 208 bucks, and then I don't find out anything. <laughs> then you just lose 208 bucks. <laughs> then I go, oh, that's where it goes. <laughs> Some guy's going Maybe to the nudie bar. Like <laughs> Some guys. So, if, like I said, if you guys wanted to join the prepping badass community. <laughs> What you need to do is send us 208 bucks, send it to the PayPal. And you might not get any response. Send me an application. You have to send the money to find out. 208 bucks. No, I haven't picked a location. <laughs> but if I do, you're going to be on the list. Well, I'll, I'll pick a location for $108. And I'll tell you what. Dollars. If, you, if you send me 350 bucks, tell you what, I, I'm going to be even cooler. For 150 bucks, I'll get you in line waiting to sign up for my community. All right? <laughs> but you'll have a, for 300 you'll have a bucks, reserved yep, in a place line reserved in line. Where you can but sign up at a future date. If you send me 300 bucks, I'll move you to the front of the line and to hell with the other people That's with right. the 150. <laughs> but I don't know. But anyway, so this place was talking about moving out to uh, Idaho, I think. Mm-hmm. They had a community they were proposing. I, I think there was something in the Drudge Report, and they got spooked or didn't want to do it, or mm-hmm. I don't know. You you said you heard some weird details. Yeah. But anyway, bottom line, they wanted to make an entire walled community where they could run their life based on liberty and freedom and what they want. Now, it's kind of like Gold's Gulch from uh, Atlas Shrugged. Uh-huh. And I know, you know, people have been looking for that, you know, to kind of find a community like that to get away from. People have planned a lot of ideas. I heard something called Atlantis, something supposed to be like that. 
There was another I saw plans. There was a uh, news story on Fox News, and I've seen it, you know, on YouTube or something. And again, I, I think it didn't pan out at all because I kept kind of going back and, and I never really saw a big progression. But I know they were trying to set up a uh, community like that in, um, I think it was Haiti? No. Honduras? Honduras, one of those. Hey, it might have been Haiti even. Mm. I think it was Honduras. And it actually looked like a pretty good idea. They were actually working with the government. And I think it was, you know, like a billionaire trying to put it together. And at least if you have somebody with money and, mm-hmm. and real plans, might be a little more fruitful. But, you know, I don't know. Just maybe getting together, buying houses close to your, your buddies. And, you know, maybe you buy a piece of land and you cut it up. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then you build the community. Maybe you get them to sign a, uh, hey, I'll only, I'll offer my house to, you know, anybody who wants to join the community first. And then if nobody wants to buy it, then I'm free to sell it. Or, you know, I can sell it back to the community mm-hmm. or I'm free to sell it on my own if nobody's got the money. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you work out something like that. I don't know. Is that crazy? I, You know, hey, you guys tell me, you know what? You get to decide your own destiny. That's what freedom and liberty, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it's about. And before we wrap this up, we got an email from uh, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo uh, Bill. Now, where did he send that email? To preppingbadass at gmail.com. All right. So I'm excited. Yeah. Tell he's, me. He's uh, sent us a little email here. He says, uh, hey, guys, I've had a chance to listen to a couple podcasts now, and I totally love the show. You guys are awesome with it. My family's downward is bond, whatever that means. Now, he said he enclosed a picture of his toilet paper stuff. All right, I like toilet paper. <laughs> says, anyway, my question today pertains to toilet paper. Took a look at my, my current inventory, which is kind of uh, typical of our usual level here, provided normal conditions. But is it enough? Is it enough? What if things change around here and times get tough? Seems to me, though, that most of the, the most immediate threat would be the Muslims. Mm, they are after your toilet paper. <laughs> but I've also heard they don't use toilet paper. Oh. That they actually wipe with their, their bare hands or something. Like, they'd probably look at all my toilet paper and not even know what, what I got. <laughs> after they spent a few hours trying to craft it into some sort of desert clothing or IED, they'd probably just get pissed and leave it behind and then go poop, poop behind my shed. They're bad. <laughs> They're practically a non-threat when it comes to toilet paper, right? Or should I try and get more while it's still on sale? Well, that's a very important question, Buffalo Bill. I think there's two answers to that. Well, I do know that that typically, historically, they've wiped with their light left hand. Yes. And they clean it off in the sand. Yes. Um, that's why if, if you're in a Middle Eastern culture and you hand somebody something with your left hand, it's an insult. Yes. Um... But uh, as far as toilet paper goes, man, it's only really bad when you run out. (laughs) And that's the thing. I don't think he has to be afraid of the Muslims stealing his toilet paper. Mm -hmm. Because I do agree that, you know, I can confirm that they have no interest unless, Mm -hmm. like he said, possibly some kind of clothing situation. (laughs) However, that said, you never have enough toilet paper you know there's two things i've never heard somebody say you know i had too much ammo or you know i had too much toilet paper Mm -hmm. those words have never come out now there are people who i wish i had more ammo i've heard that 
And I've heard, I wish I brought more toilet paper. Yeah. And, you know, neither of those, those things ever go bad. No. So it's probably not a, a bad idea to have a good stockpile of toilet paper. A good stockpile of toilet paper. So with that, maybe uh, leave us a review. Tell us uh, who might be essential in uh, your prepping community. Maybe it's Kevin. And if you have... Maybe um, it's me. Maybe it's Chuck. And if you have toilet paper concerns... Send us an email at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Or and, maybe uh, you want to ask us something else. Maybe it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have, have to be a toilet, to paper. toilet paper. I'm just, just hypothetical there. Maybe you know. just want to hear... Maybe there's a lot of like, maybe toilet you want paper to hear questions your email. don't think about. Maybe you want to hear your question read on a future podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you have to send us some money for that. I'm not sure. Why don't you nah, send us an on. email? No, we're good. Send us, send us an email. All right, send us an email and we'll find out. So, preppingbadass.com. Yep. Um, All right, stay safe, take care of your family, and we'll see you next week. Mm